by Didier Drogba. Yes, the greatest night in Chelsea's history. Champions of Europe at last. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of the SW6 Daily Podcast. In today's episode, we're going to be talking about Chelsea's 3-0 win against Burnley at Stamford Bridge. In today's episode, I'm joined by two guests. I'm joined by the Golden Generation Merchant, who is Brian. Can you introduce yourself, man? Yeah, hello guys. It's uh, CFC Brian, and uh, I'm here today. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. Alright, that's it. We have Brian and we've also got one of the biggest accounts on Chelsea Twitter at CONCFC. Yo, how you doing lads? Um, yeah, great to be on. Thanks for having me on, bro. Perfect, perfect. So we're going to go straight into it, guys. I mean, obviously yesterday Chelsea faced off against Burnley and we absolutely battered them. Callum on the right with Reese James absolutely bossing it. What were you guys, what, what are your thoughts on that performance from yesterday? Colin, I'll start with you, man. Um, I'm not gonna lie. When the game started, like the first ten minutes, that like, they had the chance within the first minute, and I was like, "Oh shit, this is this is gonna go bad." And yeah, I was watching it with a mate, and was watching it. And it's like, "Oh, this is horrible." <laughs> it really was. But when we got that pen, William, it was soft. Yeah, he looked for it, but you know that's that's the game nowadays, isn't it? And since that win in the game changed, Jorginho with that excellent penalty technique. And yeah, from there, we just kicked on. Hudson-Odoi looks really good. You, if you know me, you know that I'm not the biggest fan of Odoi. Mm. But I, I even I said yesterday, like, what can I say about that? It's a good performance. That's what we want to see from Callum. Um, Reese James, if you saw a tweet I did yesterday, I was like, fuck off, how does a fullback have that good of a delivery? It's mm. like he was at the byline and he curved it. That curve was like, oh, and it was a good header from Tammy. I don't know what Pope was doing, but yeah, it was a good <laughs> header. And then Callum got his goal as well, which is it's good for him because even though I've been a massive critic of him, I still support him and I want him to do well. And that goal was going to mean big things for him. And you saw what it meant to him yesterday, so hopefully mm. we can kick on from that. Mm. Mm. Brian, what about you, man? Yeah, I thought it was one of our best performances in a while. It's kind of reminiscent of the winning run we had earlier on. Uh, I thought it looked good with Barkley in midfield. Not necessarily because Barkley was good, but because of the type of player it is. Instead of having two DMs in the pivot, mm. you could see that we could control more of the game. We could pin Burnley deeper and into their box. And uh, as I can remember, we have used that type of player twice before the season in the pivot. That was Brighton and Newcastle at home. And uh, those were the same pictures of the game. We were just dominating it all the time, creating chances for fun. And it just hasn't looked that way with Kante and um, Kovacic paired with Jorginho. So I think we should look to do that more often because it obviously works better against deeper opposition who's not looking to control the game. Because the last thing we need when we are already controlling the game, it's another player who can win the ball back. What we mm. need is someone who can make the runs, cause imbalances, and look to create. And Barkley isn't the best in the world, but he does that. And it helps the structure of the team a lot more than just another ball winner. Mm. Mm. Well, yeah, man. I mean, thing is, like you mentioned, you also mentioned Kante there. And like, 
this episode, obviously we beat Burnley and then we can come and talk about Reese James, we can talk about Callum Hudson Doyle. But before we even get to any of that, I actually want to talk about Ngolo Kante. Now, as you know, Brian, I'm I fully agree with you when it comes to because you put out a tweet a while back that was uh, you basically said that Kante, if we, the right offer came for Kante, you would get rid of him. Do you still believe that that's true? Do you still support that argument? Yes, I do because obviously he's a world class player and he's fantastic in certain games, like when you play in typically the big games where there's a lot more intensity and higher pressing from the opposition team where we actually need someone to win the ball back and initiate the counter-attack and so on he's very useful but that is a vast minority of our games during the season so we can do better than him in most games so if we can get a huge offer for him and use that money on other players i think we should do that because it's better for us in general mm, i agree with you i mean con what do you think of that in hindsight, that sounds good, doesn't it? Um, Nagolo Kante, is, he's a special player. He's the best at what he does. And the reason I wouldn't sell him is because even though Brian does kind of have a point with that, is when has Chelsea ever sold a good player and spent that money wisely? There's no mm. point selling Kante and then, I don't know, we buy some another bum midfielder like a drink or something. Like, what are we doing with the Eden Hazard money? That like, we haven't replaced him yet and we're looking at someone like Saha or Dembele, mm. like, what, what is that? Like, Dembele, but I don't think there's any problem with Dembele, though. But no, but De- Dembele, that's the problem, though. It's like Dembele is good, but that's all he is. He's just good. Mm. Like, we need that level more. I don't think he's better than Tammy. He's not going to, like, provide real competition for Tammy. Like, my man spent most of his time in the Scottish League. What do you mean? And, mm. like, his numbers in the French League ain't that much different to what Bashuai was doing there. And we've seen what Bashuai is like. I'm not yeah, dissing like... him. I'm not saying he's bad, but I'm just saying we can do better. Who would you want to sign instead? Um, personally, I, I wanted Timo, Timo Werner, but that mm. doesn't look like it's going to happen. Jovic, loan deal maybe, because he's not getting a lot of time deal um, time there. Test the waters with Martinez, maybe. Do you know, I wouldn't even be that opposed if we're going to go for someone who's not going to be like a main striker. It's just they're going to be their, their sort of like a backup. Jimenez, he's been doing a good job at Wolves. Mm. But yeah, I mean, thing is like, honestly, for me, in terms of the actual striker, like I keep on seeing all these funky names. I saw Gabigol. I said, this man played for Flamingo. What the hell are we doing with this lad? Like, do you get what I mean? I see Dembele. Dembele is decent. But then like I was arguing with someone on Twitter yesterday. I was just like, if Chelsea's not going to sign a world-class player, because like people keep forgetting we can't get average players anymore. We already have youth players that have a lot of potential. Yeah. And the thing is that if we're going to back the youth, then I might as well just use a youth player, wait like two, three years, now spend £60 million on another Bakayoko. Do you get what I mean? So, with that being said, though, Brian, would you like be opposed to signing Dembele or you reckon he'd be a good signing for us? I think it'll be a good signing because we already got Tammy. And I think Dembele, as concept compared to Bacuay, I think he's a lot more complete in the sense that he's actually contributing in a build-up play. Bacuay can't. I saw in the last four seasons combined, he has created one big chance for his teammates in four seasons. That is just horrible. And uh, so, yes, I think Dembele is more complete. And we already have a striker who is number one. So it's not like we're looking for this main go-to guy. We have two players who are young, who've got great potential, who can 
push each other and compete to a higher level than what our current options can do. Because now Tammy has to play everything because he's the only player who suits our playing style. Then Bele does that more than what Fachuae does and what Giroud does. So I want him, I want Valana more, but he is very unlikely to get now. And I'm scared that if we don't sign a striker now and something happens to Tammy, like an injury or fatigue, that we are going to miss out on top four. And then suddenly the targets we can get in the summer, such as Sancho and maybe even other big players, will not be obtainable because we are not as attractive as what it would be if we finish in the top four. I mean, think about that. That's the thing, though. Like, that's, what ended, that's why we ended up signing players like Danny Drinkwater in case. Like, I don't need that anymore. I mean, Con, don't you reckon we could get someone from the youth ranks to sort that out? Because I'd rather wait till summer and get like our top transfer targets that are world-class, that come in getting, like, Dembele. Like, I don't want to have to hop on YouTube or Google to find out all of these new signings <laughs> that they keep mentioning. Do you get what I mean? <laughs> yeah, I understand that. I understand that. Brian does make a good point, though. If Tammy gets injured, we're screwed because Sheru and Bats ain't it. That's not the answer. And Sheru's um, agent's been talking to Inter, so we don't know if he's, he, he's leaving in Jan. But Dembele, they, Leon rejected, what was it, a 40 something mil bid? So how much are we going to have to pay for him? Like, I don't, that's not worth it. It, was, it could be looking like around 60, 70 mil. Like, that's nowhere near his worth. Like, for 60, 70 mil, you, you could get someone better, 100%. And it just don't make no sense to me because this club is always one step forward, two steps back. All right, great, we've, we've, we're in top four. We're in a good position for the rest of the season. We got old band uplifted. This is the time to spend. We sold Eden Hazard. We'll get the Murata money, end of the season. What about all the other players we sold? Um, oh fucking money from Champions League, etc., etc. Where why is this not being spent? Like our stadium plans are being put on hold again. Like so, we have no reason not to spend on world class talent. And if we put in a big bid, more than likely we could get someone because money speaks more than anything. Do you know what I mean? So I just don't understand it with this club. It's frustrating. It's very frustrating, man. Honestly, but like now that we've been talking about strikers, I might as well ask this officially, like. Do you guys think we really need to sign players this window? And I use this opportunity to ask at Mike CFC on this first question. 100%. He says, would you wait to the summer so we get better players but risk top four? Con, you uh, sound very yeah. strong about this. Well, what do you think? I don't think we'll get top four without a few new signings, if I'm being honest. We're, we're too inconsistent. Like, Burnley 3-0 was good, but that game could have easily gone another way because they had a couple of good chances when we was playing poorly. And it was... Thankfully, we got the penalty and then their heads sort of dropped and we kind of picked up. We're just too inconsistent. And with the squad we've got now, they're too easily not motivated at times. Like, if you see against like the big games, we play really well majority of the time. But when it comes to the smaller games, we look like shit, let's be honest. And we need a few extra players in there just to... Like, Tammy, like, he knows he's going to start a majority of games. So he, doesn't, he knows he doesn't have to give 100% every time. I'm not saying he doesn't give 100% every time. But I'm just saying there's no competition there for him. Like, our wings, for etc. William starts all the time. Like, I don't know what that's about, but he starts every single game. I swear to God, that might have something in his contract. I'm yeah, confident. Th- that's what um, Alex was saying. I-, I don't believe that that sort of thing exists. But, like, he clearly doesn't feel like there's competition there. Like, our centre-backs... Like, the, nearly all of them are so complacent at times. Like, we need injection to the squad and we've needed it for a while. But some people believe this the, the youth setup we've got now is good enough. And it's, I'm going to be honest, it's not, it's not for mm. Europe. Mm. It's the reason why we couldn't beat Valencia in two games. 
It's mm. the reason why we struggle against Lille both times with non-convincing wins. It's just not good enough. That's a scorching take. And I know Brian, that's what he said about that. Brian? Yeah, I agree with what he says, that we need more signings and that players are too complacent. But I have a question for you, Con. You say that we need to sign players to get top four, and then you say that we need to sign world-class players. It's not good enough to not sign world-class players. What world-class players do you realistically think we can actually sign in January? Because I know that the club is looking to sign quality instead of signing the second, third, fourth, fifth target. And that's why we are actually not signing anyone yet, because those targets aren't available until the summer. Like, for example, Jaden Sancho and Timo Valna, who are our number one targets, they aren't obtainable in January because their clubs aren't letting them go. And we have actually tried to get them in January, but it's not possible, so we have to wait. So we do need to sign someone, you say, and we need to sign world-class players, but do you really think it's possible to get those players in January? 100%, bro. 100%. Because if you look at Christian Eriksen's situation right now, in the mm-hmm. Milan are talking, I think the, the fees are like around 80 million if they don't get him on the free at the end of his contract. Why ain't Chelsea over there? I don't understand why Chelsea are not all over Ericsson there. Like, it's, it's no risk with that money anyway. And we haven't got a person who can play the 10 who's creative. Like Mason Mount, for as good as he's been this season, he isn't a creative player. And we re- we're heavily reliant on fullbacks and wingers to create. So uh, Christian Eriksen's a great example. I know people slander me for this, but CH is another one. Mm. Who can play on the wing? Who can play as the ten? Nah, uh, I'm not running this yet because then nah, I'm not <laughs> on this podcast. <laughs> well, no, I'm, I'm just saying, I'm, I'm not going to get into it too much, but it's, it's just another example of a player who's who's of a good quality. He's tested in Europe. Who Chelsea could possibly get in January? So that there are players out there, but Chelsea just seem to say is Sancho because the Werner links. Whether you want to believe it or not, it's not Chelsea's priority target because mm, I've been told yeah. by a few people, but that Chelsea are nowhere even close to signing Werner. Mm. <coughs> so, it just seems like Sancho's the only one the club's looking at and every other player, they're just not really giving much interest in. And they're just looking at half ass players like Dembele. That's what I'm saying, man. But please, we're not going to drive any left-footed compilation merchant agenda on this podcast, yeah? I don't <laughs> need that. We're not talking about that, man, because obviously I don't rate him at all. Sorry, like, that's my opinion. He's just a compilation merchant. But now, nah, honestly speaking, I reckon in terms of actual signings for this January, though, like, overall, like, you guys are saying we can sign world-class players, but then that's what happened with players like Torres. You know, not everybody can actually just come into the Premier League in January, where there's a lot of pressure to perform and just start performing. So, like, when you say we can get world-class players, and like you said, reliable people have told you, and reliable have also told me, that the club aren't looking at any massive players. So, do you think it would be a, a step in the wrong direction to get all these mediocre players to plug holes till su- the summer? Um, right. Yeah. Yeah, anyone. Yeah, 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 mediocre players, yeah, obviously. But you st- I just think of, like... Players like Van Dijk who went in January. Now you mentioned Torres, but come on, Torres came off that injury and was never the same. So that's I think that's a bit of a it's not really a good example to use there. But I don't know, Kulabali's just sitting there unhappy at Napoli. Like, why is Chelsea not on that? And I know Brian will probably have something to say about that because he rates Ake just as highly. But Kulabali is someone who we something we lack, that leader, that real brute at centre back that real tested veteran that we need. 
Why can't mm. why ain't Chelsea over that? He's attainable, one hundred percent. The fee might be high, but you that's what happens with world class players. You pay the money and they repay you by getting you European football, do you know what I mean? Mm, okay. And now that you mentioned Kulabaj, actually, that's a nice segue into like the next question from at football James underscore. And he's saying, who would you sign for centre back? And he says, we all know Brian's answer. But how about Con? Con, you've just mentioned Kulabali. Brian, do you think Kulabali would be a better signing than uh, than um, Ake for this uh, January? Be a better signing? Yeah. No. Why? <laughs> but everybody knows that. Uh, I think Ake is better. Really? <laughs> yeah, but you haven't read my article, Con. Um, I, I'm going to let you speak. I, w- I want to hear the reasons, not from words, but your actual your voice. I want to hear it. I'll let yeah. you speak. Um, so obviously, yes, Koulibaly offers more experience. He might be a more experienced leader and yeah, that might be something we lack. But at the same time, you mentioned his age and his price. And uh, on top of that, you're looking at statistics, which is the way you can actually look at facts in football. You can't, if, if you watch him with your eye, like most people do, yes, you can rate them highly, but that's just an opinion. It's not based on anything more than what you see. Um, looking at the stats, again, you have to read my article to understand this 100%, but you can tell that Ake is defensively a better player than what Koulibaly is. You reckon? Now, honestly, the thing with this Ake and Koulibaly thing, because I saw you guys going back and forth on the timeline quite a few times, but then obviously I didn't say too much. thing is, I don't. I think Ake is a good footballer, but he's not going to take our defence to the next level, the same way Van Dijk fixed up Liverpool's problems. Obviously, Ake is not, not on the level of Van Dijk, right? But at the end of the day, I just feel like, Ake is a forty million pound signing, you know. That's not a, that's that's a lot of money. I mean, this current window is not too much, but then I feel like Kulubali would be a lot better because he still has like what he's he's con he's twenty seven right or twenty eight. Um, I think he's twenty eight, twenty nine. Twenty eight, twenty nine. Yeah, I think I reckon he can do it. Like I think he'll be a better signing, you know, for the at least the short term, the next three or four years. I mean, Brian, don't you think so? What What do you mean? Like, don't you feel like Koulibaly would be a better signing than Ake? Because I don't think Ake will take us to the next level. That's the thing I keep mentioning with all these names I keep seeing. I saw Gabigol. I saw Ben fucking White. I saw all sorts of <laughs> names <laughs> on my timeline. Like, honestly, like, I saw so much trash. I've seen so much trash on time. And I've muted some of these names. Because it really ticks me off. At the end of the day, what like what's the essence of having managers that are going to use youth players? If we're going to come in signing like mediocre to okay to good players when we can get youth that can replace them in the next two years. I'd rather spend two hundred million pounds on Jaden Sancho, which we'll speak about later, than for us to come in and sign Dembele for like sixty million and then at the end of the day we can't get Sancho because apparently there's not enough money. So that's the same way I feel about Ake. I mean do you guys do you feel the same con? Um yeah with with the Ake thing, I understand it. I said this to Brian as well. I think he's a good player. I think mm. he's a good centre half, but that's all he is. He's he's just good. He's a like, good he's, yeah. Yeah, he's giving me all these stats about Ake's a better defender, but he plays for a team that play very defensive a majority of the time. So he's gonna have very inflated stats. And this is why you can't rely on stats. This is why you can't rely on stats when it comes to defenders or any player to be fair, because 
I would say to someone, oh, look at CH's stats, and they're, like, they're inflated, blah, blah, blah. Look at Eden Hazard's stats have never been great, let's be honest. But does that mean he's not one of the top five footballers in the world? Of course not. And, like, it's, I know you love Ake, bro, but Koulibaly is just the, the other level. Do you know what I mean? Is Ake better than Suma? Maybe yeah. with his feet, but defensively? Uh, no, in the air? Definitely not. Is he better than Tamori? No chance. Yes. No chance better than Tomori. Tomori's quicker, just as good on the ball. I no. think Tom, you th- you think Ake's better than Tomori. His passing stats for Bournemouth are better than Tomori's for Chelsea. So yes, I would say that. How? How? Just how? how? Pass <laughs> accuracy is higher. Long ball percentage is higher. Pass accuracy in a position half is higher. And it's something so, like so three or four or less passes per game. So, so why are you talking about three or less passes per game when you're rating centre backs, bro? I don't understand. <laughs> you said Tomori's better on the ball than Ake, and you would naturally think that when you play for Chelsea, both possession team, your ball percentage, your pass percentage is higher than if you play for Bournemouth, who is pinned back most of the time. And the fact that Ake's passing stats are better than Tomori in every single aspect proves to me that Ake is better. His so, passing stats would be even okay, further in let, let me Thank flip you. that on his head. Let me use the same law that you used to me. So, last season, I'll, that the person who completed the most passes for Chelsea last season was Aspilicueta. Does that make him our best ball-playing defender as such? Of course not. Of course not. That's why you can't take these stats seriously. Fullbacks don't have don't require pass accuracy, though. So. Huh? When you're looking at pullbacks, would you look at pass accuracy? When you're looking at both playing centre backs, would you look at pass accuracy? No, with fullbacks you do because Sarri last season used Aspilicueta as um, an attacking fullback. So yes, I would imagine he needs quite high pass accuracy. Lampard's doing the same this season and he's cutting up the passes Aspilicueta, but he's not the greatest on the ball. Do you know what I mean? This is what I'm saying about inflated stats in the certain in certain areas of players. And if you look at Ake, he's nowhere near Christensen's level on the ball. He is probably on par with Rudiger. With ooh, ooh, probably look, on par. No, no, no. Um, look, I've heard all the listener backs. I've heard all the arguments for that. But please, another thing we don't know this part is Rudiger. Rudiger is atrocious, man. I'm sure you saw him yesterday. It's just that no, yeah, I'm going to allow it. Yeah. I will allow it just because we won yesterday. But if I wanted to be petty, I would dismantle Rudiger for his performance yesterday. Honestly, I wouldn't lie to you. But now nah, I feel like, nah, nah, to put him on Rudiger's level is a bit low, to be fair. Let's no, just no, see no, no, no. I'm not putting him as, as an overall, I'm saying on the ball. He's the similar. Ball. Yeah, on the ball, he's similar to Rudiger. I'm not saying overall. I'm saying on the ball. Brian, are you going to take this? <laughs> nah, all you have to do, now, now you can use the eye test to look at the player. You can look at the composure. You see, the, what was the last Bournemouth game you watched, Brian? Curious. What was the last mm-hmm. Bournemouth game you watched? The last game Ake played, Liverpool, when he went off injured. And before that? So, do you he watch Bournemouth like, regularly, week in, week out? Oh, I watched Ake when he played for Chelsea, and I usually watch around probably 10 Bournemouth games. I watched him every time they played the top teams, and occasionally otherwise. And it's undeniable that Ake is composed on the ball, that he is safe, that he's a good player, that he's got a lot of potential. He's reminiscent of Christensen in that way. And you see Rudiger and Suma and, to a degree, Tomori, not as much as the two others, but they look clumsy on the ball. Yes, they might have a decent pass accuracy, but it's not natural. They're not naturally gifted players. They're not composed enough on the ball. And Aki is. And to compare him to Rudiger in that aspect, I think it's just wrong. I think it's fairly similar, to be fair. 
Um, if you want a ball playing centre back who's decent and just a bit better than Ake, why don't you just go get Romanoli? Because mm. Milan won't sell. Rayola is his agent. Chelsea don't deal with him. I prefer Romanoli ahead of Ake. Oh, you do? Realistic. Okay, then. So, like, okay, I'm going to bring up like a hypothetical. So, assuming we had. So, like, for obviously, so wait, Con, so just to get this clear, your ideal centre back signing for either January or the summer would be Kulabali? Yeah. Kulabali would be ideal. So, where would you rank him at Do you reckon he'd be just, he'd step in and be automatically Chelsea's best centre back? <clears throat> yeah. Yeah, I'd imagine so. And you that's think? why you, yeah, that's why you pay the money. Hmm. All right, so Brian, do you reckon Aki would walk into Chelsea's uh, back line and be the best centre back? Yes, I do. You think so? Yeah. So why don't you want Kulabali in the squad? Have I said I don't? Oh, so you would? Of course, I would take Kulabali if it was him, or if we can't get Ake or Romagnoli or those players. Of course, I would take him. But when we can get Ake for forty million, who I think is better, why not? Why, why would you sign a player that's more than twice as expensive? I don't even write highly. Now, I'm just trying to clarify that like, because, like, you sound like I'm trying to get where you're coming. So, you prefer, do you, so, okay, if you had both of them on the plate, you'd rather have Ake than Kulabali? Yes. Oh, okay. I, I just don't understand that. I don't understand that because you keep going back to stats, right? And you say the eye test. Anyone who uses the eye test will see Kulabali's the better centre back. Ake's what? Five foot nothing. We struggle from set pieces anyway. Christensen has more aerial, like, was it? Was it? They call it like aerial wins than Ake does, and Chelsea fans absolutely hound him for not being physical enough. I rate Christensen, Christensen very highly, and if you listen to like, if you look at my tweets or you listen to Alex's um, podcast, you see I, I rate him highly. But he gets ridiculed every week by fans, even when he doesn't play. Oh, he's not physical enough. He's blood. This is he's that. Why would you want Ake then, who's worse in the air than he is? Yeah, he he might be a bit stronger, and he might be able to like withstand the barge from like a physical centre-half here and there, but I don't see much difference between him and Christensen at all. I, I really don't. And why would you put someone like Ake in Chelsea's defence when we struggle so much from crosses? And I love Kepa, but he's not a commanding keeper, so we need our centre-backs to do sort of an extra work in that sense when like aerial ball comes into the box. So why does Ake come in and be like, will be our best centre-half in that situation? It's beyond me, bro. I, I, I don't see what you're seeing. I respect you, but I don't see what you're seeing there. I really don't. You're saying amount of aerial duels won. Mm -hmm. uh, Christensen wins more. Yeah, that might be the case. But, I mean, you look at the percentage of the aerial duels they're in because amount of aerial duels doesn't really tell the whole story because that's too much of a variable. Um, you look at the amount of... Uh, the, the percentage of how many they win, that's the way you can look at who's the best and who's not. And... In the last two seasons combined, which is what I compared in my article, Christensen has won 51.5%, I believe, of his aerial duels, and Ake had won 52%. Last season, Ake won 54% of his aerial duels. Koulibaly, in a less physical league, won 55%. So how does he solve the issue? Because in Serie A, there's not as much crossing as there is in the Premier League. No, but yes, he wins more aerial duels per game. He's contesting more aerial duels and he's winning pretty much the exact he, same amount. He wins just over half. You're talking like he's a lot. He just wins just a tiny bit over half of his aerial duels. If my man's coming up against a Benteke or even Calvert-Lewin, he's not winning them aerial duels. 
Why is Koulibaly? Because he's big, he's strong. That doesn't like, mean anything. Many tall players struggle in the air. Being and Koulibaly isn't one of them. He has <laughs> never won more than 59% of his aerial group. Virgil van Dijk oh. has never won less than 73. So how does but he yeah. compare to him? Now, this, is, this is what annoys me, right? Because when people compare centre-halves, stop comparing to van Dijk, because that guy's a freak of nature. He is hands down the best centre-half in Europe. He's like the best. So when people compare to Van Dijk, it's just silly. That guy is on another level to everybody right now. Arguably the best centre back we're going to have in the next five years. So don't compare to him because it's like me saying. No, let's be honest. Van Dijk is great. When I watched him against Chelsea this season, I I just look at how he defends. He's positioning everything. And you're just thinking, wow, It, it just takes your mind away. Anyway, not get on to that, but... I, I don't want people comparing Koulibaly to Van Dijk and saying, oh, he'll come in and make the same effect, because you probably won't. Van Dijk's a special case. But he'll come in and he will get structured to that defence more than anything. That's the important thing. That voice. Yes, really good to voice. But himself, he's a bit clumsy. He's a bit reckless. Like, he wasn't great against Burnley yesterday at parts. Christensen really did cover him at times. I think Koulibaly is just... It just brings that presence more than Ake would. And I'm not saying Ake is a bad player at all. I'm not. But I'm just saying that's not what we need when we've got players like Christian and Tomori who are very similar and probably both have higher ceilings. That's just my opinion. I have a question. Do you think Koulibaly is reckless? Reckless? I mean... Sorry? He's asking if you think Koulibaly is reckless. Is he a bit reckless? Mm, yeah, a little bit. But that's the thing, though. Like, difference between reckless so many... and clumsy, though. There's a difference between different mm. being a bit reckless and being a bit clumsy. And that's how, do you, think... how do you how do you describe clumsy? Like, if you're clumsy, what do you do often? Do you get I think Rudiger really is clumsy. I think David Luiz is clumsy. That's Rudiger. clumsy. You know what I mean? Those, that's clumsy. That's what if you ask yeah. me. That's what the, that's the definition of clumsy. But the thing is, like, Brian, honestly, like, honestly, I back Ake as well. But at the end of the day, I just feel my problem with Ake is not that he's not good enough to play for Chelsea because you can bring in all the different stats on the planet. But at the end of the day, I don't see him taking us to the next level. Do you know what I mean? I don't see Ake getting any better than he currently is. And the level at which he's at at the moment, I don't see him improving the squad that much more. Do you get what I mean? Thing is, at the moment we have so many good youth players like Tomori. Yeah, Tomori. He's better. He's better than Tomori right now, definitely. But in the next couple of years, Tomori is going to be a really good centre back. I reckon a good Premier League centre back. But then I just feel like, if you ask me, he does take it to the next level, and he's not like aggressive enough. We don't have that aggressive centre back. You understand what I mean? That's just how I feel about the entire discussion, though. But like, I mean, you guys can just. I mean, does anyone have anything else to say about this discussion? Because I want to move on. Um, I just want to say like. Regardless what people like, if anyone listens to this or etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera, like, we all as fans have players we like a lot. My guilty pleasure is probably Ch. Brian's looks like to be Ake. Pretty sure Demi yours is gonna be I don't know a player people don't really rate but you love him. So we've all got that player. Right? Jorginho for life, um. <laughs> Jorginho, come on, Jorginho's class, bro. Nobody's saying he's shit. <laughs> but, I was um, backing that man last season when yeah, he wanted him. Same, bro. Same. But like we all have these players, and it don't make us any. I don't know. It doesn't make us stupid. It's just that we have preferences and we have favourites. And yeah, if you don't agree with like Kulabali or Ake, 
like you're more than welcome to. We're not forcing it down your throat. It's just, do you know what I mean? It's our opinions and our favourites. That's all I want to say. Mm. Brian, just to round off. I agree. Not everyone can have the same opinion. Mm. Uh, yeah, that's just how it is. So we just have to agree to disagree then. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But in okay. terms of choosing sides, I must say, like, I'm choose- I'm on the side of Koulibaly. I can't lie to you. Like, obviously, I read. I've read your article. I read it was a fantastic article as well. In fact, I link it down in the show notes when I'm when when I'm uh, posting this up. But then uh, at the end of the day, I just feel like Ake doesn't take us to the next level. That's why I keep saying with all these signings. Like, I mean, Ake is a popular... We know Ake simply because he used to play for Chelsea. I don't want to... Like, I keep saying, and I keep going back to Gabigol, I keep going back to Dembele. I'm not going to lie to you guys. I don't know who these men are. I had to hop on Google to find out what, what, what they were about. I had to watch them on YouTube. We don't need those kind of signings. We need names that if you mention them, anybody can tell you without having to do any research. But yeah, that's the thing. I just don't think Ake will take us to the next level. Yeah, I just want to ask one simple question to Brian. Brian, would you want Ake if he never played for Chelsea? Hmm. I, I don't know if he would be linked to Chelsea, probably. Uh, looking at his abilities now, yes, I would. That's... And, you know, look at what clubs that are into him. You can say that, yes, we are interested because of the buyback class, but Manchester United is interested. City is interested. Tottenham is interested. Leicester wanted him before he even looked at Suyongku in the summer. And Bournemouth were demanding 70 million. How, how many of them are concrete interest, though? Because I don't see any concrete interest in Ake besides Chelsea. I don't know about the others, but I know much the City's interest is genuine. Uh, I'm um, not sure about the others, but links are there. Personally, I'm surprised Arsenal haven't come in for Ake. A player who's decent on the ball. Solid. He'd fit Arteta's plan 100%. And the fact that Arsenal not even interested in, in him is just giving me a bit of warning signs because that, in my head, makes more sense than any future club Ake can play for because that would be ideal for him right now. And the fact that Arsenal re- not really come and calling for him, uh, no, it just seems a bit off, in my opinion. They were actually linked to them a few days ago. don't know how genuine it is. Well, I suppose we'll come to see. Fair in the enough, coming weeks. Yeah. Fair enough. All right. So, I mean, now that we've spoken about um, Nathan Ake and all the defenders, I want to move to the left-hand side of that back line because on the right-hand side, we have an absolute beast in Rhys James. And like I, I said this thing in June, or was it July? I said it time ago that Rhys James, for me, is the only generational talent we currently have at Stamford Bridge. Obviously, a lot of people back Odoi. And I love the man. He looks fam. Now he's really, really good, and he has potential to be a really great winger. But generational is Reese James. And the thing is, on that right hand side, I think it's starting to set. Like the mold is starting to set with Callum and Reese James on that right hand side. But the left hand side is lacking. And we all wanted to get Ben Chilwell. If you asked me about three months ago, who my ideal left back would be, it would be Ben Chilwell. But recently, I'm sure you guys saw the stats yesterday. Amikuna later asks, with Chilwell's lackluster performances recently, who should Chelsea sign? Who should that number one left-back signing be in the summer and why? Con. Um, yeah, just to touch up on um, the Chilwell, I also wanted Chilwell. And I'd still mm-hmm. like Chilwell. I like him. I'm not going to write him off because he's been going through a rough period. He's still only 22. Um, I like Chilwell and I still wouldn't be opposed to that. Um, but another one who I'm really surprised he still plays where he does, and that's Tellers. Mm. I don't see why he's still there. 
I, I really don't understand. That's someone who I'd like, Tellez. Um, very good attacking, attacking-wise, anyway. Um, people mentioned Grimaldo. Um, at first, I didn't know much about him. I'm not going to lie. I don't watch Benfica religiously. But mm. when people started talking about him, obviously, your interest grows. And I watched him. And he, he he's good to an extent. But his height, was he five foot five? That worries me. In the mm. Prem, at least. Especially how we... I don't know how um, we suffer from balls into the box, but I wouldn't be opposed to Grimaldo. But I don't know, Tellis would be the one for me. Chilwell, Tellis, Grimaldo are the three names we should be looking at. But knowing Chelsea, I don't know who we'll probably get Alonso for another two seasons. <laughs> Let's be honest. Oh, dear Lord. I mean, Brian, what do you, what do you think? Do you agree with, um, with Con here? Do you, were you ever a fan of Ben Chilwell or would you take uh, Tellis at Chelsea? Uh, if I was to pick one player at left back, I would pick Talis because I think he is the best player there is. He's almost like a Reese James in attack with his crossing, so that would be great to have. But he's also actually very solid in defense, and he comes with the experience and won't be that expensive. So he would be my number one target. Um, personally, I'd take Chilwell as well, but yeah, he's a very good player. But I think we definitely can do better, like Telus. But if Telus is unobtainable, and uh, maybe Luca Dean, who's playing for Everton, mm-hmm. I would job. definitely take Chilwell because you I would. think I think it's a good fit with the squad as well that we're trying to build. And he's definitely not a bad player just because he's going through a rough patch, like Hans said. Would you take Dean over Chilwell? I think it's a fifty-fifty for me. Mm. I think Dean is better in attack. Uh, Chilwell slightly better in defense. I'd, I'd have to agree. I'd have to agree. Mm. I agree with both of you, actually. But then, I mean, I think um, Dino will be a lot better because, or not even maybe Tyres as well, because the thing with Lampard is that obviously Reese James can defend really, really well. But I think the reason why we all love him so much is because of how well he crosses the ball in. And that's so fundamental to how Lampard plays. You know, I mean, he doesn't like to play through the middle the way Sarri used to do like the build-up of Jorginho at the base and all of that. He likes to go, he can go in the middle or he can go down the wings. And we need full-backs that are effective, not Emerson and uh, Alonso. I mean, I do hope Emerson can pick up some form because I watched him while he was uh, at Roma and he was, he showed some sight. Fam, that guy was elite at Roma, man, honestly. But now he's not performing too well. I just hope he can really pick up. But like, not to, not to um, go off course too much. I feel like, if you had to choose between Tyres and Ben Chilwell, though, who would you guys choose? Curious. Come on. Um, let's be honest, Chilwell will be looking to look around 80 million mm. there or thereabouts. Tellez, I don't know, around a 40-50 mark, I'd say, would be realistic. Mm. Um, at least with Chilwell, you've seen him perform in the Prem. But, I don't know, it's it's something about Tellers, right? We've been linked with him a few times throughout the years. I'd like to see him end up at Chelsea one day. Um, mm. If you saw his agent, he said like three years ago, Tellers will play for Chelsea one day. <laughs> um, so I'd like to see that because as much as I like Chilwell, I like a lot of Leicester boys, to be fair, Madison. I like Vardy, I like um, Sinatchi, whatever, the centre-back. I like a lot of that Leicester team. But, um, yeah, I'd probably say Tellers because how Lampard wants to play, we need someone who's very good going forward. And as for how good Chilwell is, Tellers is just that much better going forward. 
Fair enough. Brad, who would you choose? Yeah, like I said earlier, Talos is my number one choice. I would obviously pick him. I think mm. I don't think he's worse than Chilwell is defensively. Uh, he's far better in attack, and he's got that little bit more experience played in the Champions League, and like Constance as well would be a lot cheaper. So I think that's a no-brainer for me. But mm. then you have to think that you know he hasn't proven himself in the Premier League. We have seen many highly rated players, especially South American players, come to the Premier League and then just flop completely or um, yeah, you, you never know so of course it's a little bit more of a risk in that sense but at the same time you pay a lot less so yeah i just prefer chill no uh, tell us yes fair enough fair enough i mean and now that you guys are actually speaking about price we have a question from at literally marvelous so this man he has been in my mentions recently because i said i was having a battle with him i don't know if you guys know at mediano era I don't know if you guys know that count, but yeah, basically what happened is I said that I would rather pay a lot of like 150 million pounds for Jaden Sancho than take up um, Chukwueze at Villarreal. So, at uh, literally marvelous is asking: Should Chelsea be spending 150 million British pounds on Sancho when there are cheaper options like Chukwueze and other areas to improve? Brian. I want to sign Sancho. Of course, I'm a little bit biased towards him because, again, I raised him so highly. Um, but there's a reason for that. I think he's a future Ballon d'Or contender, uh, childhood fan of the club. I mean, he goes so well with the rest of the group. He would be the perfect signing, the Eden Hazard replacement. Uh, I'm not sure we can say the same for Chukwueze. Again, he hasn't delivered that good results for Villarreal. Yes, he's a raw talent, but you know, you're looking to replay, you're looking to get goals, you're looking to replace Hazard, and he just, you know, it's too much of a risk to be spending 70 million pounds, which is still a lot of money on him. You'd rather spend 150 million pounds on a player that has actually proven himself more and that you know will be a good fit with the group because you don't know that with your voice. Huh? Mm. Before I let you speak, Colin, as well, like the thing with this, uh, and, uh, and Sancho thing. A lot of people don't. People are addicted to having a left-footed, technical right winger, and obviously we have a Ziyech worshiper on the podcast today. But the thing is, I don't understand why. Like, would you not rather spend? I mean, okay, how far would you be willing to go to get Sancho, Brian? Actually, I want to ask you before I get onto Con. How far? Like, what's the maximum you'd want to spend on Sancho? Because I feel like even two hundred million pounds—that's a lot of money. It's a lot of money, but like, I mean, I, nah, 200 million, that would never happen. But I reckon if we went to like 170, 150, I'd be perfectly fine with signing Sancho because I think he's on nine goals and nine assists or 10 goals, 10 assists this season already. And this man is 19 or 20 years old. He's already making a lot of moves and he knows all the boys at Stamford Bridge very, very well as well. So I just feel like everything would just, be, would just fit in well. But what do you think is too much money for Jaden Sancho? Brian? I would, I would just pay whatever it takes. But like I said, I'm biased towards him. I just want him here. It's not my money. Mm. So for me, they can pay a billion pounds. I don't even care. Ooh. Obviously, that's going to happen. That's a new stadium, mate. That's a, <laughs> that's a I, I wouldn't stadium. pay a billion pounds, but you get, why I say, you get what I'm yeah, saying. Yeah, I get what you mean. I get what you mean. I mean, Con, I've kept you quiet for too long. What do you think? Um, yeah, Sancho... I don't know how to pronounce that Donny's name, but... Um, Chuko Eze. Yeah, Chuko Eze. Um... <laughs> When people started mentioning him to me, I was like, who, who is this guy? Bro? Yeah, same here. I was like, who is this guy? So I looked him up. I was like, okay, okay. I can see what people are hyping about. He's raw. 
Mm. And I'm fed up with Chelsea and raw talents right now. Yeah. <laughs> like, we have a youth academy for a reason. That's where we get the raw talents from. Unless you are, I don't know, a top, top raw talent. And I mean top, top. There's no point in buying, like, that anymore because we, we're starting to use that youth academy. So Sancho should be the guy. Um, and the thing is with Sancho, he, we spend a lot of money on him. Regardless of how he performs at Chelsea, there's always that resale value there because of his age. Mm. So, even if he does flop, not saying he would, but if he does, we could still sell him for a decent amount if we ever did. So, it's not as risky as some say. But then again, how realistic is it? Because Man- Manchester City are the favourites to sign him back if he comes back to the Premier League. <laughs> like, they're monitoring him nearly every day. If I'm, if I'm, yeah, if I'm not wrong, then monitoring him every day and keeping close contact with Sancho because that's who they see. If Sane leaves, that's their replacement for him. And you know what? If Sane leaves, I wouldn't be opposed to Chelsea getting him. Mm, um, mm. Ideally, if you said to me Sancho, um, Sancho or Sane, I wouldn't really know how to answer that because I really love Sane. I rate him highly. Well, he's um, not too old as well. He's like 25, yeah, isn't he? Yeah, and I think he's younger than that. Is he? Yeah, um, I'm not too sure how old he is, but he's, yeah, I think he's younger than 25, bro. Um, I think he's just turned 24. Yeah. Oh, okay. okay. Um, but Sancho, yeah, he should be the main guy we go for. But, yes, yeah, so players like CH and all that, you know, I love. And you say about the left foot, I don't think we, really it's about the left foot. I just think it's a chance of a person liking the player and his left foot. So that just comes mm. into the argument. Um, and the money these days, it doesn't matter. I think that was the... The, like the question you asked anyway but the money these days doesn't really matter especially after we've we've got loads to spend if we like was on a, a fairly tight budget and it's like we buy Sancho and nobody else then yeah I can see why people say it gets on a bit cheaper but we can afford to get Sancho and other players so I don't know why that's going to be a problem but yeah Sancho should be the guy I don't see why he shouldn't be but whether Chelsea can get him that's another question completely so that's one thing I also want to ask you guys. But this is my question as well. And uh, but I want to ask, like with like we said, you guys have both said that let's do whatever it takes to actually get the players that we want. So whatever it takes, I mean I don't know about you guys, whatever it takes to get Werner, whatever it takes to get Sancho, those are the two names that everybody in Chelsea community can agree on signing. Do you know what I mean? Everybody seems to like want those two players. But I feel if we come in and sign like Dembele for like 60 million or 50 million, whatever they're asking for, we come in and sign Nathan Ake for like 40 million or 50 million. Or like, they, I don't know if you guys have looked at Twitter today. There's, this, there's another name I just saw on my TL that's really pissing me off. Like a new centre back that we're trying to sign, apparently. Have yeah. you guys had a look at Twitter today? Do you know his name? Diop. Is it, is it Diop? Not Diop. It's another one, like a brand new, different, like another one entirely. I'm trying to see if I can find it, like real quick. Really? But now, nah, let me just. Oh, what? Lewis Dunk, Brighton. Yeah, Lewis Dunk. Yeah, 50 million from Brighton. Oh, God. <laughs> you see what I mean? I don't like... think there's anything to that. Though. <laughs> oh, I don't think there's anything to that, but this is this is the pain in the transfer window because you just see all the rumours. You see um, a lot of ITKs on yeah. TL. Mm. Um, and it, it gets annoying because, yeah, Dunk is never going to happen. So whoever, whoever, whoever tweeted that, is, they're, they're often not. I'm sorry, but they're often not. That's never going to happen. So why they're bringing that name onto the ball, I no idea. No idea at all. Okay, well, yeah, that's what I'm saying. But as if you got one of them two, that's £110 million, man. 
Because I'm looking at signing a striker for like 10, 50 million as a backup to Tammy Abraham, who was free. I don't understand the, like, the argument there. And I obviously understand why you guys said, oh, in case he gets injured and all that. But do you still think we'd be able to go out and splash 200 million on like a Sancho or something? Because I just feel like this is why I keep saying that if we're going to back the youth player, let's take it to the end. Like, if I, I would re, I'd re, I'd be really pissed off if we keep on bringing out players from the academy and we still come out signing people like this Lewis Donker, whatever his name is, or Gabby Go, or whoever, like all these random people that I've never heard of in my life. Do you get what I mean? So, do you guys still reckon we could sign all those type of players in, in the summer? Anyone can go for it, by the way. Yeah, like. Uh... Like we should be signing more expensive players. No, I'm saying like I'm just trying to say that with all these mediocre signings, you think it would prevent us from signing like a Sancho or oh, Virgil in the summer? I think if we sign like a winger like Saha, for instance, I don't think I, I don't think it's going to stop us from going for Sancho. But I think you can stop Sancho from coming here if it's too much competition. Because, you know, obviously, even though he's a good player, he doesn't want to compete with uh, three other superstar wingers. Mm. So, yeah, but I don't think it's going to stop us. It might stop us from paying as much, but I still think we're going to be interested in him. But it, it, from the looks of it, it looks like the club just wants to not sign any wingers right now and then just just do everything they can to not fuck up the potential Sancho deal because I believe the club has got... Very good feedback from him and from his camp. Obviously, on Alex's podcast, Frank Khalid said that you know his father said that Chelsea was the ideal club for him. So obviously, they're aware of that, the connections with the players. Chelsea has had positive talks with him and with Dortmund. So I think that deal can happen. And I think the club is not looking to do anything to fuck up those plans. And I think they're very careful with the striker position as well, because because of the Valna situation. Mm. I mean, Con, what do you think of this whole thing, man? Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's a, I don't know, it's been a problem with Chelsea for a while, mm. signing the wrong players when we've got the money to sign the ones we need. Um, with the striker situation, sorry, it's a bit annoying because Tammy still hasn't signed that contract. Mm. And the club have got to be careful who they sign because if they go and sign, I don't know, let's say, Tomorrow we sign a team of Werner. Tammy, that's just going to make Tammy not want to sign even more for like a longer period. And you can thank Hudson Adoy for this, by the way. Just want to put that out there. <laughs> you, you can thank Hudson Adoy for this. For yeah, fucking up the, he, it's, this, this is not an agenda. This is just this is just facts. He's fucked up the wage structure at this club. We've had a great wage structure for a long time. We haven't really been uh, tricked into paying players more than they should begin. And the fact he's earning so much. How can Tammy, like, I, I don't agree with Tammy not signing a contract. This is Chelsea. This is the club you love. Sign the damn thing. But <laughs> at the end of the day, he's been performing in the Prem. He's been one of the better players this season with Chelsea. Mm. So how can, why should he accept less than Adoy? Why should he? Like, people say, oh, Adoy's got more potential, which is probably true, but he's been doing it on the pitch and he's proved himself. Anyone else in that situation would be doing the same. So I just want to say thanks, Hudson, for Adoy for doing that. But, you know, everyone kisses his ass, even mm. though he wanted to leave this club and et cetera, et cetera. But we won't get into that. I'm over <laughs> that. Can I just say something? What's that, bro? Uh, in Chelsea's defence, in the hudson Adoy contract situation, there was the interest from Bayern, who was offering him about the same in wages. 
So if you wanted to keep him, you have to pay him that much. Tammy doesn't have that interest. He's got a lot more years left in his contract. I still yes. think he'll get that same wage, but you know you can defend Chelsea giving Hudson a door. It's not like he held Chelsea to ransom because he had that offer from elsewhere, and obviously you have agents and so on that will push towards getting the same money. And I don't think one twenty k a week is that bad. For uh, a nineteen year old who's unproven, I think it is considering in the terms of things of not considering the contracts. circumstances. Would you let but him go th- to Bayern instead of giving him that much? <laughs> You're asking me. I've been supporting Chelsea ever since I could walk. Like, my whole family's Chelsea. And if a player puts in a transfer request, you can fuck yourself. That's just my opinion. That's just my... um, If you don't want to be at this club, you can go. No one's bigger than the club. Especially a 19-year-old who hasn't proven herself. Like, I get a lot of stick for... I don't give abuse. I would never give any player abuse. But uh, for a lot of things I've said about Adoy. But at the end of the day, I support Chelsea. I don't support the youth I don't mm. support this I support everything One at Chelsea but Chelsea is what I support and nobody's bigger than that even like an Eden Hazard or fucking John Terry John Terry my idol if he did some fuckery like that I'd be saying the same thing do you know what I mean mm. and yeah I can say I can see why Chelsea gave him the contract but Adoy played for that contract do you know what I mean he knew what he's doing his camp knew what he was doing and people say oh it was Adoy's camp and not him well, he makes the final decision. Do you know what I mean? And he didn't want to sign that. He handed in the transfer request. He was flirting with Bayern. Like, if man wanted to go to Bayern and sit on the bench, that's perfectly fine. Chelsea would be fine without him. We've let go bigger talents. Because in my opinion, hudson Doyle ain't going to get on that salary at the Bruyne level. But... Ooh. I um, think so. I mean, Ryan, do you agree with that? Do you think hudson Doyle can get to the salary at the Bruyne level or even surpass it? I think he can, but that's all speculation anyway, because looking at that- pure potential from a young age, he was obviously more talented than both of them, but players develop differently, so it's just it's just an opinion. It's no way you can prove that yet. You just have can to I just say, Sancho and Adoy are the same age, but look at the difference. Yeah, but Hudson Adoy was just as big a talent as Sancho was. Look at the circumstances there. You have Sancho going to Bundesliga and getting regular playing, playing time, and you have Hudson Adoy, who was stuck on the bench, if even that, was sorry and got a five-month injury. Yeah, Obviously, but it's not going to be at the same level. Sari told us Adoy wasn't ready yet. And I feel we kind of seen that this season with Adoy and Lampard's taking his time with him as well. And everyone was giving, like, stick to Sari, saying, oh, you should play him X, Y, and C. But that all that did was put more pressure on Cal himself. Like, with all the crap I've just spoke about him, I still like him. He's still a Chelsea mm. player and I support him. What he's done is done now. I'm still kind of pissed off, I'm not going to lie. And hence why I might have a little bit of agenda, but I'm trying to let that go. And I want him to do well. <clears throat> but... Uh, nah, I just... don't understand where Con is coming from with this thing. Because like, at the end of the day, I'm, I'm not... Um, I pride myself in being objective always. Like Obviously, Mace Martin is one of my favourite players at the squad. But then, I don't know if you saw my... I bashed him a few months ago. Not like I bashed him, but like more like I bashed the people that overprotect him. It's kind of like, Brian, remember when we had the problem with Kante and people dismantling our mentions when we came out, atta- like, not attacking, we didn't even attack. It was just like like a, a hypothetical. And I think Odoi is one of those players as well. And yeah, some people would say that, oh, no, he's not overprotected. See how much slander he gets. I mean, yeah, 
the thing is, the moment you start to abuse someone, not in the, not even abuse, sorry, because we don't abuse people. Like I've never abused anybody, like any footballers. I don't abuse people because abuse is a different level. But constructive criticism is the ideal way to go. And so many mm-hmm. people just come out defending the door. Like it's 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 shocking. My point is, I want you to look at the situation and be like, okay, at the end of the day, yeah. I can understand, like, I can, I know why he's done it that way. But you also have to accept the cold, hard fact that now that Hudson's done, how much is he on 120 a week? Something like that. It's like 120,000 pounds a week. Am I right? Yeah, that's correct. 120,000 pounds a week. That's a lot of money. That's a shit ton of money. Like, that's so much money. Like, how old am I? I don't, I'm not, I don't, fam, I don't, like, I don't see myself earning that much money, like, by the end of the year. That's not going to happen. And then obviously someone like Tammy comes in who's obviously performed so much better than Odoi this season. Whether you like it or not, everyone comes in and like Odoi is the golden boy, da 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 da. Even when he came back against was in Nottingham Forest. I obviously put out a tweet backing him as well, because I backed the man. I definitely back him. But you can't say that he hasn't messed it has definitely messed up the wage structure. If anybody should be on the 120 grand a week, it should be Reese James. It should be Reese James. Do you get what I'm saying? So, I mean, yeah, I definitely agree with Cohen says it fucks up the way structure. It definitely does mess up quite a lot. I mean, Brian, don't you think so? Because, and yeah, I agree with Cohen as well. Putting in the transfer request at your favourite club, obviously you've got to eat and you've got to play because football, I mean, that means he's basically saying football first. And he's, people say he, his hand was forced. I listened to the podcast as well and I was just sat there just like, fam, I wish I was there to back Cohen up on this thing because at the end of the day, everybody was just like, do you get what I'm saying? Like, yeah. he's a bit too... He's get he's a bit overprotected in that in that situation. I definitely want him to come out very well because, like I tell everybody, if a player does well, it's only good for your club. Like you support the badge, the badge is the reason why you support the club. Fact. Hazard has gone to Madrid. Hazard has gone to Madrid, and he's not in the, he's a memory. Hazard is a memory. I don't know how many. I mean, except your plastic, you didn't follow Hazard to Madrid. So I just feel like with this Odoi thing, that's just how I feel about him, man. But Con, you want to say something? Yeah. Um... What you said there was spot on. It was spot on. And the thing is, the one thing that really winds me up with Twitter in particular is the hypocrisy in it. Because the person, if you, like Brian with his Kante, or you with your Kante or Adoy, or me with my Adoy, or sometimes Mount, if you mm. give them, like, if you give criticism, there's a big difference between abuse and criticism. Mm. It's totally different. And if you criticise a player, right, the person would say, oh, shut up. They'd be a bit abusive to you. But that person there, you telling me they've never criticised another player like Christensen, Alonso, mm. William. Like, do you know what I mean? It, it doesn't work like that. If you're going to criticise one player, you criticise, like, players who need to be criticised at the time. And that's the hypocrisy in this fan base is mad because they will defend Adoy or they'll defend Mount. But then they'll get on AC. Do you remember AC after Everton? How many people mm. was giving him abuse? And I'm not talking about criticism, I'm saying abuse. And a lot of them, Adoy um, DPs, Mason Mount DPs, Tammy Abraham <laughs> yeah. DPs. No, but th- and that's the hypocrisy of it. Like, yes, like, Christensen is still fairly young. He hasn't been getting hardly any game time. If he was a youngster, a 19-year-old youngster with the same amount of game time, he had that bad game, they'll be saying, oh, he hasn't played for a while. He's a bit rusty. He needs to get a run of games. Do you know what I mean? And that's the hypocrisy of it. And I can't stick that shit. Because it doesn't matter if you're 9, 19, or 35. If you're playing at Chelsea, you have the same amount of... What is the word I'm looking for? Same I don't know. That, I, get, I know what you're talking about. I can't think of it myself. But I know yeah, but it doesn't matter how old you are. If you're playing for Chelsea, you're, hold, you're held to the same standard as every other player in that club. 
Because Chelsea is not a West Ham. We're not an Everton. Whereas we're still a big club. And especially mm. one, one of the biggest in Europe in England. Because we've always done well in it. Mm. So it's like the hypocrisy in this fan base drives me crazy at times. It really does. And before I let you speak, Brian, because honestly, I'm sure you have something to say. Because the amount of slander we got for that Kante thing, it was unreal. It was ludicrous. People were just out, outright, flat out abusing us in the comments. I had to mute that tweet, you know. But then before I speak, it's just, it's so funny because only last season, the amount of abuse that Jorginho got as well, the number of times I had to fight people and try and convince people to see Jorginho's game is ludicrous. Do you know what I mean? Nah, I don't, yeah. I'm not going to, I mean, Brian, what do you, I mean, obviously I know how you feel about this, but go on. It's, I, there's always going to be abuse towards players, even though it shouldn't be because that's just how people are. But I think it goes both ways as well. You see, for example, I can't mention Villian and Alonso and so on. Those are players that are pretty yeah, much disliked yeah. throughout the entire fan base. And every time, like you say, you criticize players like that every time they do something bad and you don't do the same for others. But they have good games as well and you don't see any positivity towards them. But when, for example, Callum and Reese, whoever plays a good game, it's just, all this love on a timeline and how good they Facts. are. So it definitely goes both ways. I, I remember after the Spurs game, I posted a tweet saying that Villian was, he had, an, had a great game. Hopefully he can do this again. And you just look at the comments. Everybody starts abusing me for saying that he had a good game. So it definitely goes both ways. And that's the mm. hypocrisy in the Chelsea fan base, unfortunately. It's been like it for years. And it's, I understand, like, William is near the end of his career and someone like Adoy is at the start. So you have to take that into account. And I always take that into account that a younger player will make more mistakes than that older one. And a more experienced players should be playing a bit more consistently. I'm not trying to say, like, William's world-class, he's this or that. But if he has a good game, you, ha- you can say, like, oh, he's had a good game. There's nothing wrong with saying that, do you know what I mean? Especially against that Tottenham game. Brian had every reason, like every good reason to tweet William had a good game because it's a massive game against Jose Mourinho and William turned up. So the fact you got abused for that, mate, it's just, it's, it's ludicrous. It really is. It's just so silly. I find it ridiculous, man. But even on that note, actually, now that we're talking about, um, I mean, we've mentioned Callum's contract issues. We've mentioned like the youth defenders. We've mentioned all of that now. I have a question from at Prime Matter 10, Chelsea fan. He's asking, if I'm going to merge these two questions together, so at Prime Matter 10 is asking, is Mason Mount good enough? And also at MikeCFC underscore is asking an honest debate about Callum Hudson-Odoi. Brian, what do you think of these two players, honestly? And how, like, what you, the season so far, what do you think of how they've performed? How people have reacted towards them, and like just overall, what are your thoughts? And what do you see? See, what do you see about them in the future? Uh, see, people. A lot of people are criticizing Mason Mount because he's not creative and so on, and he's inconsistent. But again, like Khan says, he's at the start of his career. He's 20 years old to 21 yesterday or what's so. But uh, yeah, he's still he's young. And he's going to be inconsistent. It's his first season at this level. And me, personally, I've seen a lot of good signs from him. He's tactically a superb player. You saw that against Tottenham. You saw that against Ajax away from home. He's, he's, a, he's turning up for pretty much every big game because of the type of player he is. He's always giving 110% in the pitch, playing for the bad. She loves the club. And 
he's scoring a lot of goals too. Obviously, he can improve in the creative department. But just yesterday, he could have had two assists, and you know that's not noticed because he's not getting assists. I think when people are looking at creativity, they're looking too much at number mm. of assists instead of mm-hmm. how much they create. Mm. Because you can be as creative as you want, but if you want to get assists, you are dependent on other players finishing it off. So that doesn't really define how creative you are. Um, yeah. Regarding Callum, I will say, again, he's 19 years old, turned 19 years old two months ago. So he's very young. And just look at what he has achieved so far. Uh, he was the youngest Premier League debutant to get an assist on his debut. He was the youngest player to get an assist on his professional England debut. And uh, he was only the second teenager in Premier League history to get assists in three consecutive games. Uh, youngest goal scorer in European competition last season at the age of 17-18. And just look at the last two games he has played. Now, obviously, he was struggling with confidence early on. Look at the impact he made when he came back from injury. Went through a bad spell, uh, and you see the potential he's got at 19 years old. Not many 19-year-olds in the world has got that potential. So you have to just support him and give him time. I agree that uh, I can see Khan's point of view where, you know, with the transfer request and the wages and all that. But that doesn't take anything away from the player he is, how good he is, the talent he has. And yes, we shouldn't hold him to the same standards as Villian because... Villian is older, he's more experienced, he's supposed to be one of the leaders, one of the consistent performers, and Callum is, you have to just think that he's going to be inconsistent because of his age, because of his experience, and of course the injury plays a big part to that. But yes, I do think he's going to be a world-class player, and we just have to support him. Mm. Con? With Mason Mount, um, I've been critical of him at times, but it's, mm. it's um, positive criticism, so I say. Um, it's not that I hate him or I don't think he's good enough. I just want to see more from him in different departments. Mm. Brian's point about the creativity, yeah, you have to you have to take that. Um, Jorginho last season was getting slandered, and what was the first people the first thing people said? It was like, oh, but people don't finish his assist. And it's yeah, Mount yesterday, Tammy, how we missed that header by the way, Jesus Christ. But no yeah, idea. but yeah, he's right. And he's starting to pr- like improve in them areas, but I see Mount as he can, he's a player who's good enough to be at Chelsea for his career, but I don't always see him good enough to be a starter, especially in certain games, because that lack of creativity. Like he, I be, I've said multiple times, I feel like he can become a world class scorer midfielder because he just ends up finding himself in these positions. He's not quite mastered it like someone like Deli Ali has yet. But he's starting to, and his IQ of where he should be when like the, the he's off the ball is good. It's when he's on the ball, not picking his head up at times is what I see when I mention about his creativity, not his lack of assist. But I see he doesn't always pick his head up. He mm. will take a couple of extra touches when he should release, or that pass isn't as good as it should be. But he's young. Hopefully, he irons them out. So I see Mount as being a player who could be at Chelsea, but maybe not a star. And Hudson Adoy, as much as I've criticised him, I do rate him. And just the simple thing with Adoy, he can be as good as he wants to be, as long as his mentality is in check. If his mentality is there and he's got his confidence, he can be a top, top player. But I worry for his mentality more than anything. I don't deny he's got talent. I just, that mentality there for me seems to be a bit of a problem with Adoy. I'm happy to forget the transfer request, the wages. 
because he's starting to improve now and we're starting to see what Adoy is a bit about. Yesterday, he was fantastic. I, I even tweeted, like, he's starting to silence doubters like myself. So we just need yeah. that consistency from him. And I'm happy to drop my ill feelings towards him for the fuckery he did in the past. <laughs> as long as he wants to be here now. And it looks like that when he celebrated, he, he looked like he wanted to be at this club. And that's what I want to see from a player. And I'm not going to hold him to like one mistake. I think even Callum knows he didn't handle that situation the best. So I'm not going to hold him to that anymore. I just want these two kids to do well. Uh, one thing I want fans to stop doing though is criticise these players, yes. But the abuse, like saying they're shit, fucking sell them, etc. Yeah, the exes, that stuff needs to stop because it doesn't help anyone. Like if you want to make a point and be taken seriously, give constructive criticism and explain why you've got a problem with these players. Because people take you seriously then. And if people are still being overprotective, then this you just ignore them people because some bias ruins football debates. It mm. really, really does. Bias is the worst thing to have when you're arguing about football. But if you're objective, you'll see both sides. So, yeah. That's the thing, man. I love that how you ended that because as the nice thing for me to pick it up, Bias, everybody's naturally biased, okay? A lot, and also, like, like also, I like that conversation you guys had at the end about having a lot of numbers, like, like a lot of huge following and a massive influence on the community. Remember that people like you, Con, and Alex, and uh, Dan, and Matisse, Vince, um, I don't know, Nini, all of you guys have very massive followings. And obviously, you have your influence over a lot of people. A lot of people follow you on Twitter, and your word goes. I'm guessing you know that. Obviously, you've been gay for quite a long time. So, like, for like, that's one thing people need to remember as well. Like, people have biases towards certain players. And, like, I feel like... I don't know about you, but I feel like sometimes people just... Because of their hatred for someone or their strong dislike for, for somebody, anything that that person says, they're automatically against it. I don't want to name drop any specific situations, but I'm sure we all know why quite a few people dislike Mason Mount. Apart from the fact that, I mean, yeah, because I mean, I haven't come up with in the video, you know, because there was a time when he was just being overly protected on the timeline and it was just becoming ridiculous. Mason Mount, personally, he's one of my favourite players. Unfortunately, him and Odoi don't fall into that generational bracket. That, that word gets so misused on the timeline. He doesn't fall into that generational bracket. But I do feel like, yeah. I mean, Colin, I don't necessarily agree with you. I don't think he's going to be... You said you said rotation or bench? Is that what you said? I said... Or hang I, around? I don't think he'll. he's going to be a player who will start every game. The starter, basically. Or like a consistent starter. Like consistent starter, yeah. I, oh, okay. I, feel still, I feel like he can start some games. But some games, we might need something else in that number 10 role. Mm, fair enough, fair enough. But now, nah, man, that's what I'm saying. So I just feel like with with um, Callum and uh, and Reece James, I think this season, like you said, they're both young players. Let's just give them some more time. Obviously, like <coughs> I keep saying, with a lot of people, they keep saying, "Oh, they're youth players. Give them the time." Yeah, I definitely agree with that. But then you've also got to play to a certain standard. You know, you have to play. There's a minimum standard to play for Chelsea. So you need to find. It's a very very thin line to walk on. But you always need to remember consistently that, irrespective of how young you are. The moment you put on that blue jersey with that badge, you know you're playing for Chelsea FC and you need to put in your all, irrespective of whatever's going on with you. So, yeah, man. I mean, Brian, you have anything else to say before we move on? No, I agree with everything. Mm, perfect, perfect. Now, this is the second last last question I actually have. It's from Michaeli Later. He's asking, 
who, given the lack of experience and the job they've done so far, has been more expressive? Frank Lampard or the Academy products? Brian? Uh, I, don't, I didn't understand the question. I think he's trying to say who has done... I mean, more expressive of like... Hmm, that's a good... I mean, I think he's trying to say that, like, who's been more expressive, you know, like, more... What's the word? Con, help me out here. Like, I don't What's know. Right? Like, but more expressive. Like, who's been more, like, shown their style, shown what they're more of, more about, like, the youth um, players of Frank Lampard. Oh. Yeah? I was just saying, do you want me to answer the question? Because I kind of understand what you're saying. Yeah, go then, on, go on. Yeah, <laughs> I think it has been Frank Lampard. But mm. as good as the um, players have been, I feel like we've seen some of these of Lampard. Like, that... That Arsenal game for me was big because yeah, we well, started off poor and that could have ended horribly. But Lampard, I didn't think he was going to do it. I put a tweet out saying, if Lamp- like we need to take off another centre-back and put Jorginho on. And it's like, Lampard knew that as well and he did it so early. Like mm-hmm. a Mourinho-esque sort of thing. And I, it has to be Lampard. Like As good as the youth players have been, Lampard has, was currently in top four playing a style of football that's positive. Like, we're, we're attacking teams. We want the possession. We want to create chances. And for a new manager with no experience besides Derby, and I'm not really counting that because it's one season in the EPL, like, it's, it's ridiculous how good he's done with the squad he has. And, like, Tammy Abraham's been good. Reese James has been good. Tamori's been good. But Lampard, just he doesn't get the credit he deserves because this squad shouldn't be doing this good in my opinion. So it has to be mm. Lampard. Mm. Okay, so that set the premise of the question. Brian, what do you think? Do you agree with Con? Yeah, I agree with Con, but obviously you can't disregard what the players have done either. Uh, they have taken to this level very quickly. The manager can do as well as he wants, but unless the players are actually good enough doing what the manager says and has the confidence to go out and be themselves, I don't think it will work. So you definitely have to give the players a lot of credit as well for Tammy to be as good as he has been, for Tomori to come in like he did early on and just yeah, take the chance he got like he did. And Mason as well has started off so well. And yeah, obviously also you have to give Pulisic a lot of praise for the way he came back from being left out for a month. And which, is, which was also a good trade by Lampard, the fact that he actually took Pulisic out for a month because he knew that he would come back stronger, remove him a little bit from the hype and the expectations and the criticism that followed his price tag and so on. And mm. mm. I, I mean, I do also agree as well, but um, I agree for a very, very different reason. I think Frank has been more expressive, but he's shown that, like, I still to this day, honestly, you guys might disagree with me, but tactically, I still don't think he's there yet. I honestly still don't think he's there yet. Defensively, we can still be extremely suspect. But one thing that he has shown is that he's not afraid. He's not afraid to drop anybody. He's not afraid to switch. I mean, when we, I mean, who on this podcast can confidently say with their chest that once they saw the lineup yesterday, they were not scared? Gone. Who wasn't scared? I mean, when I saw Barkley <laughs> starting, Barkley and Mount side by side with Georgina, I was like, nah, I'm not watching this match. I'm not even going to lie to you guys. I was like, Christensen and Rudiger, that clown, Rudiger, are you actually being serious with Christensen? Nah, but then one thing he's definitely shown, he's expressive. And he's shown that he doesn't really care about the situation. Like, when he brought off um, this man, who did he bring off for Jorginho in that Arsenal game? 
was Emerson. Emerson, yeah. Yeah, was Emerson, like. Obviously, you could tell that that's a bit embarrassing, you know, to pull off a player at that time. Was it like the 30th minute or something? You can tell that he does, he doesn't really care about all that. I mean, the players have come out seen. I mean, the pick of the of the bunch so far has been Rhys James. For me, honestly, Rhys James has shown me that fam Alexander Arnold and Wan Bissaka in the bin, straight in the bin. Rhys James has us covered at that right back position for the next ten years. I forget about and this man is just nineteen years old. But I digress. Lampard has just shown that he doesn't really care about anything. Like he doesn't care what anybody says. He's just going to do what he's going to do. I still feel like he needs a few more years to identify, to get his identity and his exact... Obviously, we have, like, an overall idea of what his style is. But then, at the end of the day, I just think it has to be Frank Lampard. I mean, do you guys disagree with me on the tactical aspect or...? No, not at all. Not at all. I agree 100%. Like, Lampard's still quite raw himself, and he's going to make mistakes. Um, Tactically, in some games, he's got it wrong. But Mm -hmm. it's it's expected. Mm. And he's got it right more than he's got it wrong. Mm, exactly yeah I don't feel like he's done very well with what he has not like I mean when people say he's done well with what he has it's not like meant to be derogatory because the players we have are quite good but then at the end of the day oh I think it has to be Frank Lampard I mean my player man I miss that guy playing on the pitch but then again I'm going to end on this I mean football questions anyway I'm going to end on this uh I don't know if this actually want this to be answered, but then I just like the question with all the stuff that's happening in the world right now. So at underscore CFC Alask is saying, if a barrage of rockets were fired at Stamford Bridge in World War Three, would you play five at the back? 4-3-3 or 4-2-3 pivot? I know what the Kante must play as you would intercept every missile. <laughs> 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 so I don't know if this is an, a serious question based on like um, formation or anything in terms of favorite formation because I'm sure we all have, I, I feel like I know what everyone's choice would be but then I mean let's just go for it Con um, so what are we answering the nuke question or are we answering <laughs> the, the for, formation I think the formation one I think that's all good okay the, the formation one okay 4-3-3 um, three, three, any day <laughs> Three four three, fuck off. Hate that formation. Hate Don't it. play that formation. It makes me sick. Every time I see that formation, I wanna cry. Get rid of that shit. Four two three <laughs> one's alright in some games if Kovacic and Jorginho are in the pivot. But four three three for me. Alright. I mean, Brian, what do you think? I don't think we should have one set position. I think I, I like the four two three and the four two three one best. So I think mixing between those two and then occasionally you can do a tactical surprise like Lampard did against Spurs to go with three at the back just to try to get an advantage over the other team. But 4-2-3, should be the main operation in my opinion. Mm-hmm. I'm on con side here. In terms of that 4 2 3 that thing is a dinosaur. I don't know why people still try and use it <laughs> in this day and age, man. Honestly, it's a new decade. We should move on from that thing. But I, I think... <laughs> oh my god but now nah, man like I said like, I also agree with Brian as well we shouldn't have like the one constant formation because like I don't know if you guys saw Fabregas' Q&A on Twitter and how um, someone asked him about Asari's formations and how he died with his ways I don't want Lampard to be like that I want him to be relatively flexible with his formations I mean when it comes to starting formation I'm like okay Chelsea's turning up to play some football like I'm not trying to adjust for any opponents I'm trying to see that midfield that 3-4-3-3 three, 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 man with Ruben ahead of it. Like, that's what I'm looking at. But then, overall, I just feel like, 
Yeah, four three is my go-to formation. But yeah, he should be able to come out play like four four two if need be. I mean, I'm trying to see what he's doing, man, because he's still a new manager with new tactics. So let's see how that goes. But yeah, those are the footballing questions done. I mean, do you guys have anything else you want to say before we uh, move on? No. And um, this was say yeah, um, it's good to have more than one than the one formation. I just think um, four three three should be the one. It's either the main one, and then four two three one. And if we have to, I mean, if we really have to, the fucking three four three. But yeah, four three three for me is is the one that works the best. Mm-hmm. All right, man. That's perfect. That's perfect. All right. So before we end this podcast, actually, so the tradition we have on this podcast, in case you guys haven't ever got to the end of an episode, is anytime we have one new guest, which both of you are, thanks for coming on once again, because things are about to go a bit south, I think. But we usually try to get to know our guests a bit better. So, I mean, you can say as much, as little as you like, but can you guys tell us about yourselves? Brian, I'll start with you, man. Uh, what do you want to know? Like, what? What do you want to say? I mean, I mean, I mean. Obviously, your name is Brian, so we know your name. I mean, your Twitter name is Brian. That's I'm assuming that's your actual name, right? Yeah, that's correct. <laughs> yeah. So, like, what do you like? Can you tell what do you do? Like, what you do? What do you do with yourself? Like, are you like a student? Are you working? Like, anything you want, basically. How you became a Chelsea fan? Let's tell us a bit more about yourself. Uh, yeah, uh, I'm 22 years old. I'm mm-hmm. not doing anything particular right now on uh, my spare time i'm planning on taking up studies in the summer again to become an entrepreneur okay. and uh, yeah, uh the reason i started supporting chelsea uh i'm not gonna lie it was kind of like a glory hunter story <laughs> With, uh, <laughs> back in uh, 2004-5 because yeah obviously i was very young i was I wasn't really watching that much football, and uh, so my friends was watching it, and Chelsea was winning the Premier League that season. So I watched a few games, and I just loved, you know, Lampard and Terry in particular. Uh, and since then, I just watched them every time. And uh, I don't know. Sometimes you just watch a team and you just love it. And that was the first team I did that with, and I was just stuck by that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, that's good. That's good. Con. Cool. Um. Well, my name's Bruce Wayne. I like fighting crime. And that. <laughs> <Just> as... <laughs> I was like, what? <laughs> um, <laughs> nah, my name's Connor. Um, Con for short. Um, country to belief, I'm just a Chelsea fan. Um, I get a lot of um, things on Twitter where people think, I think I'm above people and all that. That's nonsense, if you know me. You know, what? yeah. You think of what? I didn't hear that. Um, no, I'm saying a lot of people on Twitter think of me as someone who puts their self above people, oh, okay. which is total nonsense. Um, I'm one of the most straight up guys you'll meet. If you talk to me, I'll talk to you how you talk to me, basically. Um, yeah, I'm just a Chelsea fan. I come from a fucking family who supported Chelsea. I didn't have a choice in it, unfortunately. Um, but to be fair, where I live, if I didn't support Chelsea, it probably would be West Ham. So thank yes. God it's Chelsea. Um, <laughs> yeah, um, South East London, mate. Oh, um, <laughs> bit the Londoner, but yeah, I'm, I'm just, um, I'm just a straight up guy, really. Um, a bit immature at times. I'm nothing special, honestly. I'm just a guy who is just lucky enough to have thousands of people listen to my opinions and interact with, and I'm, I'm I feel blessed to have that. And 
yeah, I'm just grateful for every single one of them followers who backs, supports, interacts, even if you disagree, but you're doing it in a respectful manner. I appreciate that. And I'm honestly so humbled by it. Mm. Mm. Okay, man. Um, before we end and then sign off with everything, I want to, I'm not necessarily put you guys on the spot, but then, Colin, I'm going to ask you, I'm also going to ask you, Brian, as well. Can you give me, on Chelsea Twitter right now, because obviously we can see there's a lot of trash happening on Twitter, but then there are some gems hidden somewhere. So, Con, can you give me your favourite relatively known accounts and your favourite of like one of the smaller accounts that not everyone knows about, like maybe like Sub 1000 or something that you really, really like listening to? Okay, okay. Um, my favourite is going to be my boy at Football Chelsea. My guy. <laughs> love the kid. Um, and them. Is yeah, I love him. If you don't follow him already, give him a follow. Great account, and relatively small. There's some hidden gems on Twitter. There's a lot, mm. and I'm currently going on my following right now to see. I'm just gonna quick fire a few names. Um, okay, let me just go through here. Sorry, um, bear me for one second. Um, Sir Chief's a great one, great guy. Um, bit of a savvy cultist, but genuine. Um. At, I think his name's he's at Green Chef, Chef or something, the chief. Great guy. Um, I've been at, interacting with this Areza Balaga, Sana, great account. Mm. Um, so I just want to give a quick view here. Um, Captino, low-key, underrated. Um, always supportive, always down for debate. He's only got 423 followers, which is beyond me because he's great. Um, mm. That Billy Gilmore account is great. Um, Chelsea Extra yeah that Chelsea Extra I know they've got quite a lot of following but they're really underrated honestly Mm. really underrated and oh yeah so Football Chelsea Football Chelsea is my guy Newman Footy is the one Mm. everyone on Chelsea FT should be following his content is the best by far Mm. in terms of looking at the game at a tactical standpoint if if you're not following him follow him right now because he's honestly brilliant and I learn of him nearly every day. So, mm. Mm. Yeah. okay, that's fair. That's fair. Brian? Yeah, uh, I don't really have like a set favorite account, but I could take the top three off the top of my head. Obviously, uh, Matisse. Okay. And uh, Care for Youth and uh, Alex Goldberg. Mm. So just like how it's no, it's no agendas, there's no bias, everything is straight <laughs> on. <laughs> Oh, no, you sent me there with that sound, fam. But no, I mean, Brian, sorry to cut you off. <laughs> I'm actually dead. <laughs> For fuck's sake. I mean, but Brian, what are you saying, bro? We're listening to you. <laughs> what are you talking about? No, nah, I mean, when you said Alex Goldberger, you said, like, um, I can't, I don't know what the hell he did. But whatever he did, he just laughed at the fact that he said Goldberg doesn't have No, no, idea. Goldberg. It wasn't at Goldberg I did that noise too. Goldberg, oh. I love the guy. I, love oh, I, I would put him as like my favourite, but the guy, he's like the biggest guy on fucking Twitter already. He doesn't need my shout out, but yeah. <laughs> Wait, so who was that for then? Uh, care for you for no agenda. It's, it's just, that's just not true. <laughs> that's oh, just not true, I'm sorry. I'm not going to, I mean, I love care for you since my account, so I'm never going to get into that. Yeah, I mean... Brand, continue, carry on. No agendas. I, I, I thought you laughed at the bias part. No, no, it's just um, <laughs> Kefrieff and Sarri, it's not really... 
Oh. Yeah, but we won't move on to that. Yeah, I was more thinking about players, though, and then not yeah, managers. I was thinking of players, too. Former managers. <laughs> <laughs> I have an agenda against Kant as well, because of what he did, but... Oh, everyone has an agenda. I mean, I don't, the people that still love Kant to this day, you know, I don't know why. But anyways, man, so, I mean, those are your big accounts. How about the smaller ones, like sub-1,000? I had to scroll through my following as well. Hmm. So many accounts that you don't... Talk to that much that you don't remember the names completely. Uh, so I'm going to go through uh, my following. Uh, I've been that at CFC dummy guy. I heard really good. Yeah, I was going to say him actually. Mm, mm. <laughs> uh, yeah, one account that I started talking to a couple of days ago, I think, uh, seems to be very bright and you know looking at things from several perspectives and not just one. Uh, this guy called Neil Chakravarti, I think it's from okay. California. And uh, let me see, Brian James. Mm. It's another good account that talking to every now and then. Uh, it's mm. Oh, okay. Actually, sorry to call you guys right off there. I've had the last question in, but this one will take up to 10 seconds, literally. He's asking, are you guys related, possibly separated at birth? <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know, Brian, are you... Who, um... <laughs> who said that? <laughs> at American Hulis. Are you guys related? Huh? So they're asking if you're both related, or separate, if you're separated at birth. Who? American <laughs> who? <laughs> I'll send you the address, but I don't know whose account is. Who is related? If you and Con are related. Oh, we're the same guy. We're just speaking, speaking with different accents. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> Dual personality. <laughs> Dual personality. <laughs> oh. Comedy like that guy from you on Netflix. But anyways, yeah, guys. So um, thank you so much for coming up to this podcast. Really, really appreciate it. Really, really appreciate it. Um, where can we find you guys on Twitter? What am I saying? You guys should be plugging me, not the other way around. But yeah, so I mean, I'll leave their app down below. Thank you guys for coming on once again. Do you guys have anything else to say before you hop off? Anyway. We ache for acting. We what? We ache for acting. <sighs> I don't need to hear something. <laughs> but yeah, guys, thank you so much for coming on. Um, so I'll catch you guys in the next episode. All right, bye bye. Okay.